This is the Passive Wealth Strategy Show, the show that will teach you how to build wealth with real estate without buying yourself another job. I'm your host, Taylor Lote. I'm a multifamily and self-storage real estate investor. To date, I've acquired, partnered on, or had a hand in over $250 million of commercial real estate acquisitions. If you'd like to learn more, just go to investwithtaylor.com. I started investing in apartments back in 2016, continued to scale the portfolio, and began to add self-storage along the way. Those are the asset classes that I invest in. Today, I want to talk about an asset class that I do not invest in and specifically have plans for not investing in in the future. Specifically, we're talking about why I do not invest in short-term rentals. And it's really a matter of a risk that is very difficult to control, mitigate, or contain. We're going to dig into specifically what that is, some recent developments and concerns that I believe short-term rental investors should have uh, in their mind when they're thinking about maybe continuing to scale their business or pivot the asset class that they focus on to something a bit more established. So on the topic of risk, all investing, no matter what you're investing in, carries risk. The risks vary depending on what you're investing in. They come from different angles and your ability to mitigate specific risks depends on a lot of factors. So today I want to talk about, again, a specific risk that short-term rental investing has that really is outsized, in my opinion, for the short-term rental market as compared to other asset classes and other investment strategies, specifically regulatory risk. Now, all businesses and all investment strategies have some degree of regulatory risk or burden. Regulations can change, whether it's long-term rentals or with self-storage. In the long-term rental case, we saw the eviction moratorium during COVID. That was a particular regulatory risk. Now, that didn't ultimately impact most long-term investors as much as we really thought at the outset, but it was a legitimate risk to be concerned about, just to demonstrate a risk that is in place. The regulatory risk that short-term rentals or Airbnbs are exposed to is specifically the local municipalities in most areas do not have a good taste in their mouth when it comes to the short-term rental market. Many areas, the governing bodies, see short-term rentals as an attack on their longer-term housing supply and an attack on their rental base. Not saying that I necessarily agree with that take, but that's what the regulators think, and they have the power to make rules and regulations. And we're going to dig into some recent rules and regulations that I believe demonstrate this point. So for the viewers on YouTube, I'm sharing an article about a recent regulation in my home city of Richmond, Virginia. They've been kind of going after the short-term rental market for a few years now, and recently, within the last couple of months, they're really starting to notch up the crackdown on short-term rentals, if you will. And I'll dig into uh, specifically what these regulations are for the listeners. I'll discuss it and you'll get the audio version. So quoting from the article, one of the new rules says the host must live on the property for at least 185 days a year. 
The goal is to prevent outside developers from buying homes for the sole purpose of short-term rentals. Another rule is that there can only be two adult guests per bedroom, and they can't stay for more than 30 consecutive nights. So the Airbnb arbitrage model became very popular within the last few years, particularly right before COVID and a bit into the COVID area, because you could, if done right, you could get a Airbnb up and listed and start earning cash flows without actually acquiring the property. That process was really a matter of going and finding an apartment for rent, working with the owner and getting a lease in place so that you could lease out the property and you could short-term rental or Airbnb that property without acquiring the property. So you could, if done well, generate a pretty healthy stream of cash flow from those Airbnbs without buying the property. So you're not really building wealth, but you are building a stream of passive income. And I personally know a number of investors who have used this particular strategy, and sometimes they just completely ignore these regulations. Then when the regulations get enforced, they get caught, and it just turns into a big hassle. I believe investors, when there's a regulation that we disagree with, we should petition the government to change it, not just ignore it and put our investment at risk. That's just, in my opinion, kind of foolish to do. So the short-term rental investors in many markets are being pretty much put out of business by regulations exactly like this. At least they're being put out of business if they're following the rules and if the rules are being enforced. That varies based on the market, but the rules are in place. So it's best for your wealth and your business if you just follow them and again, petition the government and the local authorities to change those rules. So to quantify the impact on the Airbnb market, at least in Richmond as a result of this particular regulation, to quote the article, 90% of Airbnb hosts that host in the city of Richmond will lose their opportunity to host if you can't have unhosted stays. So the host having to be there, plus the minimum 185-day occupancy of the host in the property, is really going to destroy most of the short-term rental supply in the Richmond, Virginia market. It's just what it is. That is the case, and many cities have ramped up these regulations. Some investors choose to ignore these regulations and hope they won't get caught, and that's their business. But to me, that is not a wise decision to make with our investment strategy. That's not mitigating the risk. That's just completely ignoring the risk and soldiering on anyway, no matter what the potential cost. Not a wise decision, in my opinion. So now we'll talk about recent regulations in New York City. Quoting from an article on Wired.com that went up in early September, there will be a link in the show notes if you'd like to read it for yourself. To quote, Thousands of Airbnbs and short-term rentals are about to be wiped off the map in New York City. Local Law 18, which came into force Tuesday, is so strict that it doesn't just limit how Airbnb operates in the city, it almost bans it entirely for many guests and hosts. From now on, all short-term rental hosts in New York must register with the city, and only those who live in the place they're renting and are present when someone is staying can qualify, and people can only have two guests. Comparable regulation to that which we're seeing in my city of Richmond, and we're seeing these crop up in other cities around the country. Not every city is unfriendly to short-term rentals and Airbnbs, 
But to me, this demonstrates a risk for someone's investment that is very difficult to mitigate. If you buy a property that you intend to use as a short-term rental, say you bought a property in New York that you intended to use as an Airbnb prior to these regulations, you were using it that way, and then the regulations started to come and became in force, well, what are your options? You could potentially turn it into a long-term rental, but what if it won't cash flow as a long-term rental? You'll have to exit your investment and you know, kind of move on, move on from your investment. So these regulations really present a pretty significant risk to short-term rental investors that is difficult to mitigate, especially once you've already acquired your property. If these regulations start to bubble up in an area where short-term rentals already are present, maybe you already own a short-term rental there, sure, you go talk to the government, hopefully they don't pass these regulations, but it might be difficult to avoid or prevent that from happening. Just, you know, your voice and a couple of other Airbnb investors. The, the forces can be too strong in many of these markets, especially where affordable housing is a concern. Short-term rentals are largely considered to blame by many of the local municipalities. That may or may not be strictly accurate in reality, but the municipalities blame short-term rentals anyway. To sum it up, I am not a short-term rental investor because, first off, I'm very happy with the what we get back out of our apartment and self-storage investments, so that's very important. But secondly, short-term rentals have a considerable risk present that is really outsized for short-term rentals, and that is the regulatory risk. Local municipalities have a lot of leeway in regulating their housing, particularly when it comes to short-term rentals. The courts in many states are not all that friendly to short-term rental owners. They do tend to recognize municipalities' rights to regulate, at least within reason. And these particular regulations can pretty much destroy a short-term rental business. So that regulatory risk is huge. It is real for short-term rentals. And to me, it's something that makes short-term rentals just too unattractive, too big of a concern, and just far too uncertain in the long term. We want to make acquisitions that will be comfortable owning for years and years and years, potentially, if that's our strategy to hold for the long term. But if it's uncertain that you'll be able to operate your rental next year or maybe two years from now, because maybe there's a new regulation on the horizon for short-term rentals, that's a big concern and a big problem. You're just giving yourself headaches to deal with down the road. These rules are taking effect in a lot of markets because they are effective at going after the heart of the short-term rental model. If the host has to be present and has to live in the property, that reduces pretty considerably the number of viable investment models for a short-term rental. The Airbnb arbitrage model no longer works where you rent an apartment for the long term and then short-term rent it out and earn the cash flows from that investment, that short-term rental. And acquiring a property to use as a short-term rental on its own, that doesn't work either because you can only use the property for a long-term rental. So regulatory risk to me is just much too great 
in the short-term rental model. Check your local laws and regulations. Maybe you'll determine the same. Just thought I would share that with you today, why I do not invest in short-term rentals. Thanks so much for joining me today. We'll be back here on Thursday. Don't forget to subscribe. Leave us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. Appreciate that so much. Right now, I hope you have a great rest of your day, and we'll talk to you on the next one. Bye-bye.